Hello everybody, gentle people, friends, we're back in the hideaway with a brand new track. Um, with me today, I have some lovely hosts. I have uh, Wednesdaydale Cheddar. Hello. I have Grail9. Hello. And I have Dr. Nova. Hello. No. <laughs> uh, N N Nova's a bit lost. He's uh, stumbling around the hideaway, well, no, um, see, I, trying, I, trying to get his bearings. I just heard, and here I have, and then nothing. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a it's a good thing it's a good thing we're all um we're all recording this uh, natively. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like comedic I like, timing. I was like, is there a mystery? Should I say Doctor Nova? <laughs> no, I, I, I like... did. I did say your name. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, before we get to the main topic, uh, what have what have people been watching or, or reading? Well, right now I'm reading a new chapters. I, I, as someone who is not, can you give me a spoiler-free summary of your thoughts so far? <laughs> My Academia was pretty good. Doctor Stone was pretty good, and Spy Family was great. Right. Um, yeah. No. I'm. A, I'm. I, I have some, some vaguely hazy memories of, a, of something involving, like, vampires, uh, Wensleydale. I don't know if, I don't know if you have the same thing. Uh, it's, um... Oh, oh dear, oh dear, yes, that's right. So yesterday we finished the first season of Diabolic Lovers, uh, the, the three of us, me, uh, Hoven and Asha, and... I hardly remember anyone's name. I hardly remember what what happened. And the only reason I know some of the names is because I looked up a Wikipedia summary of what the fuck happened in the last episode. Because basically, it starts off as like a reverse harem about this girl going into a mansion, and there are all these sexy vampire boys who force themselves on her and drink her blood. So I guess if that's your jam. three of them look exactly the same. Yeah, they they look really similar. They have like. Very little variance in personality, uh, and then at one point, I think she gets possessed by the ghost of their dead mother, and she's just like that for the last three episodes. And then I think one of and, them and she sed she seduces like a couple of them. Yeah, and then like one of them saves her by by kissing her or something. Um, yeah, that's but, the gist uh, of by it. giving her by giving her a potion because she uh, she stabs herself. Uh, I, so, so that I don't know what uh, what that purpose was. I was, was not but... expecting such an, a hugely complicated plot from this reverse harem. Not gonna lie. I don't. I don't know why ever why anyone in that in that anime does whatever they do. <laughs> um, I, I will give it one thing. It's it's a largely like not great looking show, but it has an absolute banger of a soundtrack in places like. It sounds like a really cool JRPG. It's <laughs> the best way I could describe it. It gives me it gives me big Xenoblade vibes. It it, it is really amazing, and it's all the funnier that uh, it has its most epic tracks in moments that uh, don't really deserve them. <laughs> uh, uh, what about you, Nova? You've been watching anything noteworthy recently? Honestly, no. Like I I, I can't really immediately think of like anything I've been like binging right now i i'm reading a, a like the first chapter of something like a new the new serialization chapter while we're talking about this and i don't know it's like a weird mix of like m0 and the one punch man webcomic i think the last week's jump start i was like i was a lot more mixed on than most people i think most people are over overtly dislike it uh which i get 
Oh, oh, this isn't this isn't even the zombie one. Oh, we no, talking we're talking about, about the newer Undead one, Unlock. but uh, I did bring up Undead Unluck, um, which I think is such a novel idea for a manga if it weren't for the awfully sleazy groping jokes, like, <laughs> and, like, sexual assault jokes. Like, I really like the idea of, like, there's an undead guy and someone with unlucky powers and they make a great duo and the ways you can play with that. But yeah, it's just all—it's all baked in a really, really bad sense of humor. Yeah, and it's—it's it's all the more shame, but because uh, how the how the story unfolds is, uh, I I really like how they do it. I really like how um, <laughs> each each of the new things is introduced and how they they talk about the powers, how how they think about what can they do to create the mo- the most unlucky situation that that will kill this guy, mm. and. <laughs> there's there's two problems with that. If uh, in case you don't know, so the, the female uh, character has a curse that whoever touches her, and the more intimately they touch her, uh, well, she bestows her unluck on them. So the more the more intimately they uh, they touch her, the, the more unluckier they get. And you know there there are two pro- there are two problems with that. One. Uh, okay, if she were just as into it as the as the zombie guy, you know, it 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 would be more tolerable to read. And the second thing is, uh, Jump doesn't have an age restriction. Yeah, that's the big one. It's just a real case of like this sort of, this sort of material belongs in a strictly teenage oriented or above magazine, uh, late teens as well. Um, uh, on the other on the other side of things, um, I have just caught up with Actage, and it's interesting. Uh, I, Because I, I went back and I listened to our episodes where we talked about this on Stanistream, and I was really negative on it at the start. But um, I've sort of gotten the gist of what the series is going for now. Um, because, for those who don't know, it follows this actress called Kei Yonagi, who has a form of method acting where she completely embraces that she she draws on her own experiences for the role to the extent where she kind of forgets that she's playing the role and at first i saw i, I was criti- i criticized it for not being yeah. enough of an underdog story um and actually i'm not sure um that's really what it's <laughs> going for like it's not a terribly realistic portrayal of the acting industry because she basically gets right into it with no problems whatsoever. She she gets she starts getting pretty big roles right from the get-go. Uh, which is like mm, very rarely happens. You get you get a lot of rejection. Um it's more related to dealing with the dangers of that kind of acting, which is the central dramatic crux of it. They they've been going in a very suspenseful direction with that with the most recent arc where the director she's working under for a play that she's in is taking some very extreme measures to draw an angry performance out of her, and it's not clear how she's going to work her way through the entire performance as a result. But yeah, that's that's my piece on it. I'm very curious to see what Chris and Nick don't like about it so much, because I, I haven't watched the Twitch stream, and they've adopted the Netflix model of uh, releasing, the, releasing the backlog, so... <laughs> Do they not like it? Chris said in a tweet that it's like the exact opposite of Chainsaw Man for him, where with Chainsaw Man, he initially didn't like it, but it became one of his favourite things in Jump, and that this is the reverse of that. So, huh. Interesting. I mean, uh, I've I've listened to the episode, and uh, and I... 
I can I can mostly agree to disagree on this, but but uh, there is a point to to his dislike of it that I can really understand, and to a certain extent, uh, I uh, I <laughs> do share. It's mostly related to a shonen trope that uh, appears all across the, s- the spectrum of shonen manga. Uh, it's it's the perpetuating the um, perpetuating the mentality of. Uh, Work yourselves to death, even if, even if you have to uh, sacrifice yourself, sac- sacrifice everything for the sake of your dreams. Uh, in this case, for the sake of uh, performance. And he just found it hard to suspend his, uh, suspend his disbelief at, particularly the Death Island arc, the the one I hadn't read, but uh, because it uh, it's not in the backlog. That uh, Kay and other actresses were throwing the, themselves mm. off a cliff or something. I uh, no, I no it is it is not a realistic portrayal of what ac- the acting industry is like. Uh, I know this just just as someone who is like seen interviews with actors and i have a family a close family member who is trying to get off the ground as an actor yeah this it's nothing like how this manga portrays it um and that's just a that is a pill you have to swallow yeah yeah it's it's just this uh, mentality that i think he found grading and i can pretty much agree with while still enjoying Mm. the manga for what it is uh uh, that uh you as an actor have to sacrifice yourselves for, for for the sake of the performance to create an mm-hmm. excellent performance yeah i'm at the same time we have this in jump we also have Ar- ashihara mm. dying of back pain oda pretty much expecting mm. an early grave at this point at this point a lot of over overwork suicide deaths in, they in do Japan. lean into there being downsides to the way Yonagi acts, but it's not really relating to the overwork angle of it. It's more like the un- the, the, the possible instability that her involved acting could bring to her mental state. It's kind of a Rick situation, a Walter White situation, where, where you you have a thing that you, you have a thing in the manga that you uh, say it's self-destructive, but at the same I, time, I don't know. The most recent, the most recent few chapters, it's been, it's not really been that kind of. I, I, I've, I've gotten a much more sinister vibe from it, but. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess I can get that. Yeah. I haven't read it. I, uh, I wouldn't know. Anyways. <laughs> 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 uh, to get on stuff you, you have read, but let's go on to the, the main the main topic of this discussion, which is just media stuff that we just want to rant about. If if the, if Grail and Wednesdaydale come up with something, that's that's fine. But specifically, I, I believe Nova has has a has a couple of bones to pick. Would, would you like to shed some light? Yeah. Okay. So um, th- there are some tropes that constantly show up in modern shonen, and for the most part, they show up uh, because of popularity, because they you know, have some sort of connection with Japanese audiences for one reason or another. And there comes a certain point for certain series where if they're not doing very well, then all they do is just, like, dip into the tropes basket and see what they can do. Mm. And Mission Yuzakura Family, which, to start, personally, I'll, I'll just... Uh, just to say where I stand on this, I never really loved the series to start, mostly because those who know me know that my biggest thing in any single series is characters, and maybe this is a hot take, but Mission Yozakura Family, I think, is the worst characters in Shonen Jump wow. right now, personally. I'm trying to think of, sh- I, I, of shows with characters that I don't like. Worse than Mr. Um, Harmful? 
It's not currently in Shonen <laughs> Well, that's Jump. not running anymore. <laughs> I'm not saying in Shonen Jump history. I'm saying in the magazine right now. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, hey, cross account is like its own its own category. We can't like if if this was the Oscars, <laughs> this is like a category up into its own. Speaking of, you should definitely check out Wednesdaydale's most recent video. Cross account is garbage, and here's why. It's a it's a very good watch. It's very good. <laughs> Uh, it's patron milestone and uh, and thank you i'm i'm glad you liked yeah, it yeah that was a great video from you and well i was off by 10 minutes in my guess i thought it'd be like 32 minutes sorry you're saying nova um i i just found out of all the plays in shonen jump mission yoku's family just easily has the worst i think tayo is awful i think he's criminally boring i think there's nothing that separates him from any other characters mutsumi is Basically, just has the personality of sandpaper, and Kuroshiro, who is the other lead, is just so phenomenally one. There, there's no depth depth to this character. There's no depth to um, any of these. Yeah, that's characters. the um, that's the older brother, yeah. right? Yes. But... Um, yeah. So for context, so it, it, Mission Yozakura family is about this um, this boy who essentially is is forced to marry into this family of spies uh, and. Um, all of the wacky hijinks that he gets up to with that. Um, the the initial run is him like committing to training to be a better spy and um, just kind of embracing this role, even though he was it was thrust in he was thrust into it. And then it becomes a lot more like comedy hijinks uh, with it, each of the various family members or maybe someone else who has the hots for Mutsumi or him. Um, and I, I think when it started to go into that, I I, I fell off it. Um, is it is it still doing that sort of thing? It, it's still that, but it's fallen into even more unfunny tropes. Like the the mm. the basically, just about every chapter has started to follow the same line. Is that you know Tayo's doing this absolutely insane bout of training, and then like some seemingly normal situation gets messed up by a bunch of spies showing up. And then Tayo gets like hilariously beaten up, or Tayo gets hilariously embarrassed and stuff like that. And at a certain point, it's just not funny. It's just kind of strange because the series has one way it likes to make you laugh, and it's hey, look, Tayo's life is a living hell. Uh, I, I had a similar problem with early Reborn. Yep. Thinking on the matter, I think this series would be much improved if we took Tayo out of the equation completely and just had Mutsumi as the straight man. Just like, she's kind of used to like, yes, this is my family, I wish it was anyone else, but this is what I'm having to live with. And everyone else is the wacky character on the side. Just take Tayo out completely. Might improve things. Uh, the thing is, I did like, I kind of liked Tayo in the early chapters, because I just, I did really enjoy his drive and his grit to like, improve as by. What I wasn't as keen on is the fact that he just gets super good at it right away. Here's the thing, though. He, it seems like he does, but the series is in a constant state to try and tell you that he's awful at everything, and mm. what, what's weird happening in the current arc is that we're literally already repeating a storyline we've done before, because like the Shonen Jump playbook says that this is how you have to write these arcs, because like the first arc that we had in in this series was that this person showed up to try and, like, kidnap Mutsumi. 
And then mm. Tayo tried to fight them, got completely defeated, and everyone just showed up. It's like, you're weak, you're weak, you're weak. Can you really protect Mutsumi? Which, by the way, that, that's the catchphrase of the entire fucking series. <laughs> but, and then we started the most recent arc, and with the exception of kidnapping Mutsumi, it's exactly the same. Is Tayo shows mm. up, there's this other guy who shows up who completely destroys him. And then everyone's like, Tayo, you're so weak. You need to get stronger. You're so weak. And he's like, I am so weak. I have to get stronger. And so, like, but we just did this. Again, if it, like... Because I know it, it's it's tricky, because manga never know if they're just going to get cancelled right away and they want to hook people. But I do wish they'd gone with a slower burn on it, where he's not great at it right away, but he nails some of the basics of being a spy. Um, and he's, like, slowly improving, but, again, it's... Yeah, it, this, this series sounds like it's been in a constant state of flux, b- battling its its lack of popularity, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, r- regarding what what you just said, uh, it's really similar to Black Clover in, in that it's pretty hard to gauge the character's abilities in this. Here's what I would say, though, and this is going to sound weird to say, the Black Clover characters are more memorable. Like, they're not, not, not a lot of them are great, necessarily, but I can name more personality out of the Black Clover characters than I can from anybody in this series. Because th- there's more of a palpable dynamism to Black Clover, and that's why I think it got popular, is regardless of what you can say about the writing style, and there's a lot you can say about it, there is, at the very least, a lot being put into the series, even if it doesn't always turn out. It has well. a lot of gusto. Exactly. Like, and that's not nothing. I, I wouldn't say. I would say like a series with a lot of gutso, a series with a lot of almost kineticism to it. Hmm. Ha- that that is a plus. That is a good part of the series that I can't take away from it. There is nothing like that in Yozakura family. It is flaccid and uninteresting. And just in a constant state of desperately trying to move up to the next gear, but it can't. It's just kind of always in this, like, one-mile-an-hour cruise. Yeah, the big thing about it is that it's going nowhere. We're just spinning its wheels in one place. Because each... There's, like, been one kind of arc, and otherwise just weekly hijinks that really don't vary it up enough to justify anything. There's no evolution. And it's also like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. There's no evolution, there's no change. There, It feels like there's nothing to look forward to next week. And and what's also weird is that, like... Okay, the, the, the reason... The moment I realized I hated this series was opening up chapter 20. Where it's just like another, like, how did Tayo get in this situation? But it's one of the most uncomfortable fucking things I've ever seen. Where, like, for some reason, like, you op- you open up the chapter, and for some reason, Ko- Koyoshiro has, like, Tayo tied up in this weird, like, S&M thing. Where he's, like, floating over some candles, and he's got a ball gag for some reason, and it's just, it's kind of gross. And it's also just strange, because, like, they're trying to have this dramatic moment of, like, this happened because, you know, you're so weak and you have to understand failure. And it's like, but that's every chapter of this series. And not only does the actual dramatic part of this moment 
not show up at all. A, because of the actual situation that he's in, but also just because you always do this. Like, the mangaka always does this exact same thing <laughs> for every single moment. Mm. And then the chapter just came out today, chapter 21, and they introduced... And I, as I was reading this chapter, I was like, I'm going to try to guess exactly what happens before we do because they walk up to this new cafe and i'm going to be like okay something's gonna happen in this new cafe that be like oh no this is like a life-threatening situation hope you can survive and then mm. a new character is gonna show up and they'll be like can you really protect mutsumi because you're so weak and that's exactly what fucking happened <laughs> they're like this cafe is a secret like military facility and then uh mario leona from black clover shows up <laughs> and she's like, you suck, you can never protect Mutsumi, you'll never be the Wizard King. <laughs> the crossover we, we never we never thought we, we, we wanted because we didn't. So I understand you've also got some issues with uh, the recent Samurai 8 uh, goings on. I think everyone has the same issues with Samurai <laughs> 8 right now, which is just that... Yeah, it's doing pretty damn poorly in Japan, It's it's placing below... Literally every other jump series, I think. Maybe maybe not including some of the f- other failed jump starts. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's, so the, to those, those who aren't aware, because not a lot of my friends that I are casual manga fans read yeah, this. Yeah, that's like um, me. Like, I start. Why are you guys still reading this? I, I, I actually <laughs> dropped it after chapter 34, because that was so fucking infuriating to me. But yeah, no, it's um it's the new manga by Masashi Kishimoto of, of Naruto fame, and uh, it's it's about this this uh, crippled boy who gets the ability, he gets a, a new body to become a, a samurai, and samurai in this universe are like space cyborgs. And it's this big, sprawling, sci-fi epic with, with loads and loads and loads and loads of lore. Um, and so much of the first 13 chapters was just explaining things about the world and not, like, showing it as it became relevant to the story, which I, I hate, so I stopped watching, <laughs> stopped reading, rather. Well, good news. The newest chapter, it's all exposition. Oh, nice. At least I think so. I My eyes started to glaze over. What was crazy was that, like, reading chapter 34 and... Alright, so, so there are a couple of reasons people don't aren't huge into Samurai 8, but here are three that I've heard probably the most. One is that there's way too much exposition, and the exposition isn't interesting. Because they're constantly, like, saying new rules for this world, and no rules for the Samurais, and none of them are interesting. <laughs> um, you know, they're just sort of, like, either re-establishing things we've already heard before, but just establishing, like, weird new rules to, like, how these samurais work, that, it, that there's only been a little over 30 chapters, and already there's, like, an encyclopedia knowledge of how you have to, like, understand, well, samurai can do this, and samurai can do this, and real samurai can do this, and they also need this. Yeah, compare that to Naruto, where we just know, ninjas can perform magic, that's it, like... We don't need to get all the details about how chakra works at all. We just know that they use this special energy using to use magic. End of story. And then you could slowly add on to that, like the stuff that you can walk on trees with it, or the, how you control it, and the special types. They could use that but with time, but there was the solid premise of 
ninja magic. Got it. And what's so crazy about it as well is that, like, as the more and more you read Samurai 8, it's hard to believe that this is the person who wrote Naruto because this is, and, and as this, we all used to sort of moderate a writing form, so we can add for this. This is how unseasoned writers write storylines in the sense that they have an they have a what they think is like a really cool really interesting idea and instead of letting it play out they're like oh i have to let everybody know how it works like right now like everybody has to understand how it works because it's so cool it's so awesome and everyone's going to be so excited when they find out they're like this is so interesting and i I, i'm so i'm i'm the writer and i'm so excited about it i want to tell you about all of it right now and you know that's how unseasoned writers write because they don't understand that like a huge exposition dump at the beginning is actually more intimidating to a reader yeah it's like if hunter hunter started with the levels of exposition it had it has in its current arc i wouldn't I wouldn't bother with it. Well, even just like they start immediately going to Ned and all the intricacies of making a sack of the power being more, power, being mm. more powerful when it has a specific purpose or all the different types, how it's unlocked and stuff. If they did that in the first twenty or thirty chapters, it would have been a fucking bore. But by that point, you already had the reader invested and you had a reason to see these powers in use because they used it on people we already knew. It's also. It's also like if in One Piece they felt the need to explain all three types of devil fruits and fishmen and all the different types of hockey and the six powers and all these sword styles and stuff like that. Like all of these individually are cool, but if you're just front loaded with all of them right at the beginning, it would have been too much. And there's just a general... Okay, this is going to sound like a weird criticism to say but it just sort of hit me in the most recent chapter, is there is just a general lifeless lack of humanity to the series. Where... Hmm. It's like, we had like one... Over the 13 chapters I read, there was like one moment where I felt like the series really had some heart, and it was when uh, basically the guy the guy who was, take his, the guy who was taking care of him, his past is revealed, and he has like a very emotional scene with Hachimaru at the end of an arc. I'm like, it would have been nice if we had this in chapter one. <laughs> yeah. But even then, like, the the fact, like, uh, uh, again, okay, maybe this is just because this is Shonen Jump and there's just been a trend of not really letting moments dwell within the reader's mind a lot. But finishing off after, like, the death of his father, Hachimaru is just instantly the same character again. And, like, th- there's not really as much of a solid change to him, and he doesn't really reference back to the death of his father except for, like, two-second flashbacks every now and then. So it didn't really seem to affect him in any particularly meaningful way. But it's the most recent chapter that's just sort of, like, sort of made me realize, like, what is this series? Because to, to let you know what happens through this chapter, so we... So other than, like just catching up with, like, Hachimaru and Sanda and Sen the Silent, who never stops talking, um, there's... We cut to this entirely new planet where we see these two new characters who we've never seen before, which this is the second thing that a lot of people have had an issue with for Samurai 8, which is that 
there's just constantly like, here's this other new character, here's this other new character, aren't they cool? And it's like, no, none of these are cool, and you haven't, like, made me care about the core cast yet. So I don't really care that there are these other, like, cool four samurais who are gonna go, like, take out the Death Star. Because I don't even know if they have names. Yeah, plus Kishi's with female characters started at the bottom where he was with Naruto at the end, rather than where at least the best parts. So, so we're on the planet, and there are like these two new samurai, and then we cut to this little girl who I guess is just like a nihilist, and it's like, okay, I I don't know what the big issue is with them, and so then we establish that like, oh, this is a very very happy planet and then we cut to the samurai kidnapping the little girl and then we cut to like what's his face like the evil villain dude from before who fires rubik's cubes at the planet that make it explode they're like fuck we can't solve this ah and then their brains so, the, the collective brains uh, malfunctioning makes the planet blow up yeah so so the entire planet blows up and they the little girl's gone and one of the samurai's like, hey, little girl, that was the planet you were on. And the little girl, because I guess they didn't want to save her mom, she, like, cries, like, hey, my mom's dead. And immediately this guy's like, wait, I know your mom's dead, but hold up, I'm this cool new jackal-headed character, and don't be afraid. <laughs> I'm a samurai, and we saved you for a very good reason. And he's smiling, like, this is a cool moment, and I'm like, her mom's dead. And the entire mm. planet is dead. And because um, when okay when I when I finished when I stopped reading it uh, he'd um, he just had a fight with like a really big deal samurai who just came to, came down on an asteroid. Um, from what I understand, after that there was like a tournament arc or something. Yeah, there there was like a weird tournament arc for a while, where there these two other characters were introduced, and then it turned out one of them was evil, then it turned out one of them wasn't evil, and they had to defeat this guy named Ben K who like lost but then he didn't lose and he became part of a Death Star so we had to invade the Death it was really long so that's just mm -hmm. finished and we're immediately like cutting to something else apparently really big that's happening introducing three brand new characters who I don't really care about but it's just the moment where like not only has an entire planet just blown up but also you know this little girl's mother has died as well because she was on the planet and immediately not even a panel passes before like there's this guy who shows up and he's smiling and looking all cool it's like don't worry we saved you for a very good reason it's like it why is a planet blowing up something that we don't care about in this universe <laughs> Like, it, it, it's just so strange to establish that, like, okay, yeah, the villains just committed, like, genocide to an entire world, and nobody cares. Nobody cares. Everyone's like, like, oh, but this new character is cool. It's like, billions of people just died. I, I am very, gonna be very interested to catch up on this when it eventually gets cancelled, um... To, to to see how it plays out in one in in a in a in a more concentrated burst, um, uh, I might I might do I might do an episode of this on it. You know, guys, we've been so negative. So how about we talk something fun for now? Something that all of us love: Spy Family. 
Aww. Yeah. Like, so. first of all, just a little mention. Jeff Rudberger just tweeted out that Spy Family hashtag on Twitter has a little Anya emoji. Aww. 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 so cute. <laughs> and so was this week's chap. Well, this week's chapter wasn't cute, but it was damn compelling. Like, did you already get a chance um, I mean, to read I'm, it? I'm interested to read it. The the arc, the arc has, has been uh, it's, it's it's been quite um, it's put, it's put Anya in a rather tough position. So, I love this series because, like, Spy Family has very like serviceable art for what it is, but there's no series that does like the moment before somebody's about to get hit better than Spy Family because there was a moment last chapter where like they were about to attack Anya and just in the background you just see your like shooting through the air like her leg bent behind her it, it's such a good panel it just looks <laughs> so freaking cool and it's just one of those moments where like no matter what position you're in you just want to yell oh fuck yes like as she's showing up because sometimes the art in Spy Family is very good sometimes it's you know, just serviceable, but no one else in the entire magazine, like, does that moment better. Yeah, and then the moment where she just kicked him, like, three of three different surfaces. Like, that guy should be oh. dead. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I like to do a thing where it's like the, the, the manga finishing derby, where I try and predict which, which manga are going to finish in which order. Oh, I, I can help you with that one. <laughs> <laughs> and um I'm like really curious, like which order are Promised Neverland, Haikyuu, and um what's the other one? Seven Deadly Sins going to end in. <laughs> I I didn't actually know Haikyuu was ending. Uh well that's no, me. it's it's that's on its last me. arc. Okay. Yeah, like it's clearly clear that there's not gonna be more series because this is kinda like tournament f- few years after high school. Oh, are we okay. gonna add? Are we, are we gonna add? Um, we never learned to that. Oh yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Be, um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, just drop. Yeah, I, I could add Spider-Man. Demon Slayer, but I know none of you guys read that. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I tried reading it, but its pacing was really weird, so I couldn't get into it. Like it would jump between chapters without really establishing where or wh- where or how long it was between them. Uh, well, if any any of you listening to it uh, in the future want me to read Demon Slayer, you can drop me a buck on Patreon and I'll do a whole retrospective on it. Oh boy! Do it. Um, but yeah, back on Spy Family, cause there's one pretty damn compelling scene where the head head spy lady just lays into the revolutionaries who want to start the war with the dog bombs. Mm. Like I could just live read this shit. Shit like. Have you ever had a limb torn off by an artillery shell? Have you ever heard the sound of bone shattering? Have you ever smelled the reek of rotting flesh? Have you ever found the crushed bodies of your parents and siblings in a pile of rubble that used to be your home? Have you ever discovered a blown off piece of your lover stuck to a wall? Have you ever been so hungry that you tried to eat tree bark? Have you ever stewed human flesh in a pot? Have you ever convinced yourself your enemy was subhuman so you could slaughter them like animals? Have you ever been so haunted by shame and regret afterward that you cried until you puked? Have you ever had your friends who did the same and took their own lives? Did you uh. learn nothing about war at your university? 
I know their hands are tied, but, like, she finishes the rant, and one of them, like, slowly holds up a Karl Marx book, and to be like, but disprove this. <laughs> Alright, bab! It's like, ugh. Um, yeah, no, um, Spite Family is it's a really tight, enjoyable series. I, I, can see, I can see why it's doing so well. Because, um, yeah, it, it's been selling overwhelmingly well in Japan as well. Um, uh, any case, I think, um, I think that covers all the topics I wanted to talk about. Uh, do, do you guys have anything else? Well, I would say a surprisingly good manga which I did not really expect to make a turnaround. Boruto. Oh, yeah, no, really? the most recent arc of that has been quite enjoyable. Yeah, the last few chapters have been like this World Trigger-esque fight, where the team, team 7 made of, of, well, Mitsuki, Boruto, Sarada, and Kawaki is going up against a foe who is just in every way stronger than them, so only by using strategy and teamwork have been, they been able to do anything against him. Hmm. I, I think the thing for me, and the, I'm not going to voice this as a criticism of Boruto, because it's a personal thing for me. A villain who can just instantly regenerate is the most boring thing in the world to me. Like, I, I don't know why, it's just something that like never really strikes a chord with me at all. Mm. So, for me, it's actually been really, really hard for me to get into this fight, even though I acknowledge that it is pretty well done, just because... Anything where it's like, oh, you can do all this damage, but it won't hurt me, so you'll have to find, like, the way to make my not-hurt thing not work, and then you can hurt me. Um, <laughs> I would agree with you if they don't do anything else. Like, uh, I, I like I like Marco and he, his healing powers in One Piece. Which I would say that's good for, but I would also say that, like, that's a little bit different, because in One Piece they've already established a way to for that not to work, which is hockey. And uh, the sea. Yeah, the sea, hockey, sea stone, all that stuff. And I think that works in that sense because there's sort of universal rules that work. And I'm not even saying that this doesn't work because I think that is the direction that Boruto is going in, this more sort of high-tech and, you know, a bit more nebulous mm. um, way of going through it with the scientific ninja tools that they have now. So I'm not saying it's a criticism, but I am sort of saying that, like, that's why I'm I'm not particularly high on it, is I just find villains who can sort of instantly regenerate a little bit boring. It's why I didn't like, I think, like, the last three fights in Naruto, because <laughs> all of them were like that. Uh, I mean, like... with that, it was just a case, for me, of boring staging. Uh, they're, they're very repetitive, they repeat the same beats over and over again, and the actual tactics involved aren't particularly interesting. And, and like I've 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 been really enjoying this return to a more tactical approach, like in early Naruto, um, with this current fight. And I don't know, it's it's sort of like a Zelda boss, and I really like Zelda bosses, so Yeah, I don't give a shit about the villain here, but just seeing these guys working together against the foe that's well beyond their means. That's the shit I enjoyed in the war arc so much in well invasion arc in World Trigger so much yeah. more. Uh, but again though I think I don't know. Maybe it's also that the setting is a little bit boring, and I understand that, like, the point is we've sort of been transported to, like, this other world, but I don't know. Just something about, like, the, like, oh, here we are in, like, an endless desert 
and we just finished up like a huge fight in the same extremely boring desert. I think, like, I, I think know, for me, desert, 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 <laughs> desert, 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 desert. Naruto's always had quite uninteresting backgrounds generally, uh, except for the the village hidden in the rain, which was freaking awesome. Yeah, um, I can't even remember then, um, that place. Yeah, I I think for me, Boruto is just inherently from its conceptions quite a redundant series. It's like it's a it's. It's a finished story, and this is only really sort of adding on to the awkward moon people stuff in terms of the lore, so it's more of a, I'll take what I can get from it, but I'm, you know, I'm not massively invested. Um, that, I think that is probably the thing for me, is that, like, out of all the things we could have, like, based the new villains around Naruto, we based them around the worst villains mm. in Naruto. I, also, I do think there's, like, some kind of... Between the people who wrote the Boruto movie, which the first arc of the manga is based on, and... The guy, the mangaka, now? I feel like they wrote Naruto in very different ways. Um, because basically, the the movie version of him just grew up to be a really neglectful father. Um, and, and also the anime version of him never told Boruto who Jiraiya was. Like, I, really? I don't... No, he, he didn't know. Uh, and like, discovered him for the first time, I think, in a... A recent art filler, or the whole thing is basically filler, but a recent art quarry travels back in time to meet Naruto when he was young. <laughs> the Boruto anime sounds a bit wild, um, and not in a great way. Though I did see one great, like, shot where Sasuke, the older one, has to admit he reads Makeout Paradise, and he's a big fan. I, I do like that the they've been more, more up for dunking on Sasuke in the anime. <laughs> <laughs> um, something they know they should have been doing for much longer, but it, we had to wait until he was a dad for it. Um, yeah, I think, but yeah, no, and then like in the in the most recent arc, Naruto is actually acting like how a grown up version of Naruto should act. Like this seems to make a much more sense given what we know about him. You know what? Uh, what other manga there is that uh, that kind of made a turnaround? Mitama Security Spirit Busters. Okay, really? I... what? I don't think I actually uh, read the first chapter of that. Um, uh, I read the first like chapter a... and, well, I read part of the first chapter. I didn't even finish it. Please tell oh, me no, it's yeah. like, turned into like a battle manga and the art is like at one punch man level now. No, but it's got much funnier. Uh, at first the humor in this was, uh, I found terrible, but, but now, um, I'm... I'm not gonna say much about it, but um, because you know the the facts drop in and out of my head. But but now it's at at a point that I consistently get a few good laughs at, at least uh, from each chapter, and uh, uh, mm. I, uh, I especially like how they they sometimes manage to subvert those tropey expectations. Uh, you get like we have a chapter when uh, Rena Haze, the high the high schooler that uh, that Mitama protects, has has to take care of him while he's sick, and uh, and also and also um, and also has her spirits start start uh, taking care of him, and and also uh, another colleague uh, drops in, and they uh, then they. Um, uh, they all get to uh, they all get to a point when. You would expect some speech, um, how they all care about Mitama, and but then they all just start dunking on each other, and it's um, it's actually written super well. Okay, um, that that manga might actually stick around uh, because it's um it's not been tanking in the rankings like the other the other recent new series have. 
So uh, yeah, I, I might I might check it out sometime. Now they they having a baseball mat using spirit orbs and having basically uh, there is a character in that that can't see spirits but but is excellent at fighting them. Essentially, he, he's in a team w- uh, with a with a bunch of spirits, and uh, he's trying for for a few chapters, uh, trying to pretend like uh, this doesn't affect him until uh, until he finally snaps. I'm not telling this very well now, but but it's I love the execution of this. So yeah, uh, I think that said, I think um, that does us for today. So um, in terms of like future episodes, uh, I'm thinking. Um, there's One Piece Stampede is coming out soon. If I can wrangle Caster into watching that, maybe we can finally have him on this podcast, which would be nice. Uh, I'd also love to watch that as well, because I haven't yeah, seen it, it yet. Yeah, it would be nice, but I got no means of watching that. Ah, so it might, it might just be a two-person job, that one. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I've got to check out. Uh, if not, I'll, I'll probably do another hideaway ramble for it, because I'm, I'm sure I'll have lots of thoughts. And uh, yeah, so um, if anyone has anything to plug, uh, would they like to? Um, I, I have one, though it's still going to be a little bit. Um, uh, so soon I'll be recording the first three episodes of the Bard's Tale podcast. The idea of it is it's three continuous stories that are all about... The, each episode is about 15 minutes long, so the idea is you can kind of listen to it before bed as a bedtime story or maybe like before work or something like that. Uh, so those will be coming out pretty soon. Uh, the idea is that each um, episode, you know, each story will continue onward. There'll be three to start, and then maybe once in a while, similar to Shonen Jump, I'll do a one shot for like another one. And if people are interested on that, I'll keep it going, and we'll just see where it goes. Um, unfortunately, they'll have no set schedule, um, but they will come out probably as as quickly as I can. Um, but yeah, we'll. Work it out, and hopefully it'll be a nice thing people enjoy. If you need uh, voice acting for it, uh, do let me know. I, I think I think I probably will eventually go in that direction. If if it turns out to be, this is gonna sound weird to say, but if, if it turns out to you know sort of be worth the time investment, um, <laughs> where you know right now they're just gonna kind of be a uh, voice for it, but if you know there ends up to be an audience of sort, then I'll get more into like people voicing specific characters and editing them, and maybe even adding sound effects and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but, so you said it was called Bard, Bard Quest? Uh, the Bard's Tales. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, like that. if it was Bard Quest, I'm like, Andrew Hussey might have some uh, might have some words. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't uh, know what the Bard's Quest is. <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of the earliest MS Paint adventures, which is the series that eventually spawned Homestuck. So. Oh, dear um, God. <laughs> yeah, MS Paint, which is funny because I've read the series he's done before Homestuck, but not Homestuck. So I've read the thing that basically no one's read. <laughs> I guess we're getting back into a discussion, but like, probably, essentially, what it's called Problem Sleuth, and it has a similar format <laughs> to early Homestuck, where basically oh the audience inputs what the characters do next. So it's like a game, but like as a webcomic. Um,. And it gets very surreal, and I, I, it's sort of super, it's very chaotic and formless and doesn't really have, like, it's split into chapters, but they're just basically after the fact, like, it's just one continuous sort of escalating situation. But yeah, no, no, that, that sounds really interesting, Nova, like, um, I'm, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, excited to get the first three episodes out, hopefully in the next coming weeks. Nice. Uh, and, uh, Wednesday Dale, what about you? 
Alright, so, uh, you can find my stuff on youtube.com slash c slash Wensleydale Cheddar. I, uh, I do video essays and, uh, and in the near features, since I've got to uh, catch up on a shit ton of Jumpstart's vlogs on manga. Mm. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Wensley Cheddar. And uh, also, if if you want to, uh, if you want me to read Demon Slayer or uh, things, you can support me on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Wensleydale Cheddar. I think is the address. Yeah. Uh, Grail, you got anything? Not really. Yeah, I I've been trying to work on videos, but I always just lose motivation. So. Right. Uh, if people want to follow you on Twitter, then that's just at Nuclear Android. And uh, yeah, for me, I'm you know you probably got to this via my Twitter, but uh, I am at Hoven with an H on Twitter, where I just ramble about manga for the most part. Uh, and yeah, um, I will. I hope to have more more content coming out soon. Uh, I'll, I'll it'll probably either be a podcast or a ramble about uh, the upcoming uh, about the One Piece movie <laughs> due to its uh, its UK release date coming soon. So yeah, look forward to that. Alright, and so uh, with that, uh, I, I bid you goodbye, dear, dear listeners. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Cheerio. Cheerio.